Okay, I'm going to read from 1 Samuel. My name is Samuel, by the way, so just uh, in case you were wondering. Okay, so 1 Samuel chapter one, uh, chapter 3. Oh, good. 1 Samuel chapter 3, start from verse 8. It's right to have an assistant here. <laughs> oh. Okay. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he, if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as, other, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What, is it, what was it he, he said to you, Eli said, asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide him from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said to him, and said, He is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Well, with a name like Samuel, and growing up in a Christian family, and knowing that I was called, named after that Samuel, that's quite a lot of pressure. Um, and <clears throat> some of you will be called, and some of you will know already, certainly, what God has called you to do. But most of you probably don't. And through my teenage life, I mean, teenage life is a difficult life anyway, it's you know, difficult to find your you know, place as a Christian and find your what it means to be a Christian. It's hard to know what, whether God is calling you. In church, you might have had uh, seminars, uh, talks about missionary work. And you might think, I don't know whether I'm being called to that. I really don't know. And I, wouldn't, I would say that I didn't know either. Not through my teenage life, not through my university life, not even until I started uh, my career as a teacher. Now, so how do we know what, uh, what we're called to do? Does anyone know the parable? Of, does, uh, do people know the parable of the talents? Okay. If you don't, you can look it up in uh, Matthew 25. Uh, I'm not going to uh, read it out now. But to summarize, uh, three servants, well, the master is going to a foreign country, and three servants are given five 
two and one talent each. So these three servants, one is given five, one is given two, and one is given one. Now that's a lot of money in those days. It might be hundreds of thousands of ringgits. Um, so imagine being a servant and being given that. Now the first two servants use the money wisely and make the same amount back. And when the master comes back, they say, here's your money and more back. The last servant buries it and says, well, you, you, I know that you take where you, you know, take money where, uh, where you, know, you, you don't have it. And the master punishes him and casts him out. You see, the master has entrusted the servant with these talents. And isn't it interesting that, that there's that little twist of translation? I don't know whether it's, uh, it's probably, I don't know, is it the same in Malay or in Chinese? That that money is actually translated into the word talent. It's interesting how that, uh, that little twist is, is there. And how does that apply to what we've got now? Okay, how does that apply to our calling? Well, you may be thinking, I don't know what God has called me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, it's right there, isn't it? All of you have talents. All of you have gifts. In a world where there's still people who can't go to university, they can't afford to go to university, they uh, aren't able to have access to education or go to university, you guys are already a big step ahead of them. I'm hoping that you chose your university degree because you wanted to do it. I know that sometimes you know, we, we just go along with what our parents want us to do. And sometimes, yeah, I almost did that. I almost went into engineering. I, I finally chose maths <coughs> instead, you know, because I, you know, I literally woke up in a physics lesson. Uh, and I thought, mm, if I'm going to do engineering, it's going to be like this. And one of the, the boys in the year above me, who went on to do, do maths at Oxford, persuaded me to do, do maths. And uh, he challenged me, he said, you're a very good mathematician, don't you enjoy maths? And up till then I hadn't really thought about whether I enjoy maths. So I thought, mm, okay, yeah, I think I do enjoy maths. And so I went into doing a maths degree. But that's a talent in itself. And also your interests are a talent, a gift. What are you interested in? God has given you that interest for a reason. We know that some of the, the, the greatest geniuses out there had an interest in something, practiced it lots and lots, and you're not going to do that much practice, not unless either you've got a you know, very, very fierce tiger mum, or, or you're interested in it. Okay? They, they talk about the 10,000 hours behind the genius, that every genius has 10,000 hours of practice. That's a massive amount of practice. So God has given you those interests. See, I think, uh, I hear that you can make a very good career out of League of Legends and Dota nowadays. Oh. But, saying that, God does ask us to be wise. Okay, God does ask us to be wise. Please God, let me, let me have a career in League of Legends. <laughs> Evangelize people. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I think every career and every path and every arena needs Christians, needs good Christian witnesses. 
there will be people in those those areas who will be cheaters and there will be people who play unfairly and you could be a witness there um, so you probably thought your teachers were being nice when they said that everyone is good at something well that is true it is true they were probably being nice but it is true um, so have a look at what talents you've got look at what skills you've been given God has given you those skills and the interest as well. And one day I will work out why God has given me this great gift of being able to sleep. Just sleep lots and lots wherever I go. Yeah, I could lay down here. Just If you don't disturb me, I'll probably fall asleep. Especially in lectures, lectures and, and, and sometimes in church. So, uh, yeah, I do that too, sometimes in church. Struggle, yeah. But if it isn't what God, you know, if you really have a passion for something and it isn't what God's uh, calling you to, he will let you know. The doors will shut. Okay. But don't get frustrated. Do be prayerful. Do be humble. Do be patient. Don't get angry with God. God will use you and those interests because he wants what's best for you. Like that perfect father. He knows what your interests are. He knows what your gifts are. He will use those. When I was a teenager in the Chinese church in London, it's quite a big church, I used to lead the singing in the church. And I was doing quite well. And, and the worship leaders in the church were asking me you know, to actually step up to lead one of the main congregations. But God told me and somehow shut those doors to me. And I felt that it wasn't right. Um, and I wondered why. It was years later that I realized that those same gifts for leading the singing and seeing how the congregation, you know, where they were at emotionally, uh, were the same gifts that I was going to use for teaching. So, and, and I love teaching. And God greatly blessed me through uh, having this career in teaching. I'm going to read from Romans 12, uh, verse 6. Um, I'll wait for you. Romans 12, verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with, it, with genuine affection, and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I think 
there are several versions of the NIB, so I think this has been uh, this is slightly different, but uh, yeah. Um, so what it's saying here, what uh, Paul is saying here, is that serve God enthusiastically. Serve God. In, um, I'm also going to read Colossians chapter three. Sorry about this. Colossians three verse twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. Slaves, obey your earthly master in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You see, some days you probably do feel like a slave. Slave masters of your parents, slave masters of your lecturers, slave masters to the degree you're doing. I have no doubt that some of you might be feeling that right now. <laughs> do remember that you've chosen this degree. <laughs> but in every, every area of work, uh, there will be hard moments, and you need to remember who you're serving. We are serving God, not your parents, not the tiger mums, not yourself, not the dean of the college, not the lecturers, but God. Uh, Proverbs 3, sorry to do this to you, Proverbs 3, 6 to 7. This is the uh, passage that I live my life by. So this is. Yes. Do you want to? Do you want to quote yes. it? Go on. Um, okay. Proverbs three. In the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Good. Um, That's it. Let's leave it. Leave it there. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Submit to Him in this version. And he will make your path straight. In my last school, I stayed for 10 years, despite persecution. Uh, and the senior management had no trust in me. Uh, because, uh, But I stayed for 10 years because no one else was running the Christian work in school. When there was someone I could trust uh, to take over the work, it was, it was, I realized it was wiser for me to step aside, and I prayed, and uh, God brought me to Malaysia. And when people ask me why I moved here, I usually answer, when I'm feeling brave enough, I usually answer, answer God called me here. And over the years, God has confirmed my appointment. Sometimes I've taken that leap in the dark, but I've trusted him. What I've done is I've made those moves, made those big life decisions, knowing that I'm trying to honour God, or trying to honour God. It's not always easy, because there are a whole lot of uh, other factors involved. Being wise with our money, being wise with the gifts that we've been given, but keeping God first. I heard when I was interviewing for the job here, that there was no one running any Christian work in the school. 
It's a Christian-based school. It was, uh, it was started by Christians in the UK, but there was no one running any Christian work here. So that's when I knew that God was calling me. When I arrived here, I joined, uh, after looking around a little while, I joined the church that Jihei and I go to. Um, and I, after a little while, I was asked to speak. And the first passages I was asked to speak on, we were starting to work our way through Acts, the, the book of Acts, which in my last church in London had been the book that we'd spend a whole year doing Bible studies on. And it was like God was saying, this is why I sent you here. In that law school, when I applied to that law school, the one that I spent 10 years at, finding it really quite difficult, I had just one or two people who would come to the Christian meeting. But I was at peace, knowing that I was... And I had to, had to keep on telling myself, I'm doing God's work. If God wants me to do, you know, speak to 100 people, then very good. If God wants me to speak to one or two... I'm doing God's work. You know, I'll do the best I can to advertise it, put up nice posters, you know, send out emails, get, get the senior management very frustrated with me, or the students getting very frustrated with me you know, uh, by sending out all these emails. But I do God's work, and if only one or two come, then who knows? And I know that one of those students who came for a few years is now a pastor. So I, I didn't convert him, but I... You know, I hope that God used me to, to strengthen his faith and to give him some maturity there. When I first applied to that school, again, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know whether there was any Christian work going on. Uh, I got the job, and after a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks, I met up with uh, an old friend from my university. And he said, <coughs> you know that that's my old school, don't you? I didn't know that at all. He said... That's attached to a Christian camp that I go on. And we've been praying for years and years and years that a Christian can become a teacher there. Okay, God, this is why you sent me here. No pressure or anything. You see, God confirms those appointments. I did take a leap in the dark. I did choose to go somewhere where I knew there wasn't Christian work in Malaysia. Uh, God will confirm where you're going if you honor him. He will make your path straight. Two final things. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 left, uh, left, to, uh, left to the apostles and handed down to us is a call to make disciples of all nations. And you may not think that you are an evangelist, but 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says that we are to do the work of an evangelist. Almost every career needs Christians in it. Okay, you may think, oh, I love, you know, I. <clears throat> you may be kind of feeling guilty for not going for the higher calling of, uh, of it, church ministry. You may feel you may feel a little bit guilty because you're in a very highly paid, comfortable job. Actually, I'm very comfortable here in Malaysia. That's not to say it doesn't have struggles of its own but I'm at peace knowing that God has called me there. Okay. So if you're continuing to honour God, God will make it clear where you're supposed to be. Let me pray very quickly. 
Father, I pray that in each of us here today, you grant us your perfect peace, the peace that transcends all understanding, that we can know what you have in store for us. And if we don't, uh, that we just trust you, that we uh, give our lives to you in service and in worship to honour you. We pray that we uh, look forward to the day that we reach heaven and that we know that uh, we have served you in this life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Right. Um, I've got some time for questions. If, if anyone has any questions... Come and talk to me afterwards.